0: Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember. Together, click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Now for your host... Dan Mater.
1: What's going on, MD Nation? Welcome to the very first podcast live video stream. Now, this is going to be a little bit different than my other videos that I've put out there. For those of you listening on the audio, if you haven't checked it out on Sportscaster, you really should. I'm on there now. It's a great format. Doing it now with the Unwrapped Sports and the Belly Up Sports Network is really being a great thing for all of us to be able to utilize. And what we're going to be doing, think of this as a a rough draft. A Because next year, I plan on possibly moving the podcast to being video streaming simultaneous with the audio podcast. Now, of course, that's still going to go on as well. But I want to use this as a rough draft, a way to kind of feel it out to see what we can do to improve the podcast moving forward and I figured we're at week 10 now. We're a month away from the season being over. So, this would be a good opportunity for all of us to see if what we can do next year to start improving and start getting that hammered out now. So, I'm very excited to do this. Now, of course, what I plan on doing next year is I'll be streaming it through OBS. So, it'll be a little bit different than what the setup I have right now. I'll have a little more graphics on the screen. I plan on having some more videos. Pretty much, I plan on having a much more fuller production. And for those of you who are used to listening to the show on the podcast apps, I'm still going to have this be an audio version available to you guys. And this a little bit after this uh, show closes down, which we'll have it on, you know, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Pinecast, all of those places. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you guys. And we we'll are still going to have it be available even next year too, in both audio and video format. So leave your comments here as we go through the stream. Let me know what you would like to see. Also make sure because this is a preview episode and this is your first time listening to this show at all in general you know that the preview shows what I do at the end of both of them on Thursdays and Fridays is I do a mailbag segment. So ask your fantasy questions below. I do have a few selected out like I normally do of people who've asked me questions throughout the week, but leave your question at the end of the show. And at the end on the mailbag segment, I will get to it. And we'll talk about it here on the show during the episode for that as well. So make sure you're utilizing me as a tool. I'm here to help you guys win in any possible way that I can. And hopefully we'll have a smooth sailing live stream video as well as the audio podcast. That you'll be able to listen to later so today's episode is going to be week 10 preview Thursday night football games and the early Sunday games as they always are we'll go through each matchup of these time slots go through the injury updates what we expect we have six teams on by this week so we have a lot that we have to go through because we're going to be looking for value in places that we would not normally look Uh, so we have to go through all that and of course you know Expectations for later on. This is a great time where people are going to have to make drops that they're not necessarily ever going to want to make any other time. So keep that in mind as well. Make sure you're watching your waiver wires vigilantly as you never know exactly who may be able to become available at any point to you. That's going to be the key thing. If you're in position right now where you can add a couple extra bench spots and just be ready, you may be able to get steals on the waiver wire this particular week because of the fact that people are going to be scrambling to put starting players in their roster spots. So just a little tip for you here. For those of you who are in position to make the playoffs, you got four weeks left. Start looking at your playoff schedules now. Weeks 14, 15, and 16. Most leagues do not have their trade deadlines until about week 12. So you have a couple more weeks here to maybe move on from a player who is been pretty good for you, but doesn't have a great schedule coming up, and maybe if you can buy low on someone who does have a nice schedule the rest of the way, that would be the way to go here. Just make sure it's the same quality caliber player, if not a better one if you can find some buy low options, such as Keenan Allen, who's playing tonight. He might have a great chance to get back on track. He is somebody who would definitely be a buy low option for me in this one. I think Devontae Adams, at this point, is still a buy low option as well that you might be able to get from teams had a disappointing first week back. He has a buy week next week so if you're in a position where you can survive the bye weeks next week somebody that has Devontae Adams may be in a position to have to win now in order to make their playoffs take advantage of those situations coming up so just look around for that guys who have those nice schedules those are my advice tips for you before we go ahead and get into this
0: latest news
1: We do have a latest news segment we're going to get into before we start kicking off with the Thursday night preview, and that is the news about Antonio Brown. It's been coming out circulating tonight. Uh, Apparently, he's going to meet with the NFL on Thursday, not on Wednesday. It was reported at first it would be on Wednesday. It's now saying that it's going to be a Thursday meeting, November 14th, where he plans on presenting his side of the case to the sexual assault allegations there are multiple teams that are interested in signing him depending upon how this goes if he's able to at least present enough of a compelling case where teams are willing to take the chance on him at least for the rest of this season without him being suspended for this year so that's what you're looking for there now look there's like a 10 percent chance that this actually goes Antonio Brown's way so I'm not telling you to go out there and stash Antonio Brown by any stretch of the means that's not something I would advise you to do unless you're sitting there in position at seven and two, six and three and you're like, hey, you know what? I have an extra bench spot that I can just kind of utilize and throw in there because you're not even going to know anything until next week. So you're st- If you pick them up now, you'd be stashing for a week before you even heard and then we won't know actually next week what the chances are of him actually being coming, able to come back in the NFL. And like I said, there's like a 10% chance that he's able to come back. So this isn't something that I'm telling you to go out and, and do. This is not definitely not a priority. This is simply a luxury situation if you find yourself in that spot to kind of keep your eyes on but we're going to go ahead we're going to get into the thursday night preview now between tonight's game we have the chargers we have the oakland raiders we have a lot of fantasy stuff to talk about in this game the md's fantasy football show is proud to become the newest member of the belly up sports network the belly up sports network is a rising star in the sports industry After having emerged onto the scene in just a year, they have accrued a massive following with bold articles, standout podcasts, and great debate amongst followers in the forums. Sign up for their newsletter and get access to all of the information throughout the Belly Up Sports Network. Go to bellyupsports.com today to join. Be bold and stand out. So what we have here is you have a matchup between the Chargers who are coming off of a great... Upset victory against the Green Bay Packers. And you have the Oakland Raiders, who have been playing pretty well as of late. Now, like I said, with 11 teams on by, these two teams actually have key fantasy guys you're going to be depending on. Phillip Rivers is a streaming quarterback option this week going up against the Oakland Raiders. You Obviously, the matchup is there. You love it. The offense looked a lot better last week as a whole under the new schematic system that they're going to be running. Phillip Rivers has always been much better when he's been able to run the offense through play action, which is what he's going to be able to do. They're mixing up more formations. It's not becoming so predictable. And that was all just in one week. And a, in a pl- another plus matchup against the Oakland Raiders will be interesting to see what they do. Look, he's not a a situation right now where he's going to have that high 30-point ceiling. That's just not what Phil Rivers' game is. And in this situation, even if this winds up being a higher-scoring game than maybe some expect, I expect it to be in the high 20s, but even if it winds up being higher-scoring than that, 300 yards and two touchdowns is something I think that you can hope for in this game, have a regional expectation for at least 250 yards and two touchdowns. Like I said, I definitely think he'll throw multiple touchdowns in this one, making him one of the topper-end streaming quarterbacks. I think he has a chance to be a low-end Q be one for you this week. Now, keep in mind, my rankings will be out later on this afternoon, and I'll give you some clarity. Uh, and I will have my rankings video at some point tomorrow, like I normally do. And I'll have my injury report video on here on some point on Saturday, like I normally do as well. But just keep that in mind. So, if you go to www.mdffshow.com, you'll find my rankings on there. You can also email me. Uh, with any questions that you would possibly have and I will get back to you as soon as possible. So just keep that in mind as you're looking for streaming options and guys that have reasonable expectations to perform well as we'll be trying to find a lot of spot starts this week. So Philip Rivers is one of those guys. Obviously, you're starting Melvin Gordon. With the new schematic system, with the... Emphasis on the run that they are going to have moving forward. Melvin Gordon is definitely somebody who becomes a high-end RB2. And with the offensive line starting to get healthier and healthier as we go along, I do expect him to possibly get back into that RB1 conversation. Look, the running back position as of right now, as a whole, is a mess. It's an absolute mess. So there's guys that are hurt. There's guys that are in bad situations. There's guys that have terrible offensive lines and are just not performing up to expectations at the moment. Melvin Gordon is that guy who might be that league winner for you down the stretch. So just keep that in mind. Obviously, you're going to start him as long as you're playing him. The light at the end of the tunnel is finally here, especially after that Green Bay game. Expect him to be a high in RB2, possibly an RB1 moving forward. Remember, they do have a bye week in week 12, though. Austin Eckler is still a flex guy. Now, I know he played the least amount of snaps he's played all season long, and I expect this to be more of a 65-35 split in general between these two guys moving forward. But Austin Eckler is so good in the passing game. They're still lacking a third receiver. They're still going to utilize him in that capacity. He's still definitely a guy in full-point PPR leagues that you can go ahead and start in the flex. He's going to have a high floor for you, and he's going to have games where he's going to get opportunities to score. So that hasn't changed. But what I will say is this. His days of those high ceiling numbers you saw earlier on in the season, barring a Melvin Gordon injury, are done. So if you want to try to find a way to sell high, if he's somebody that you can use in a package deal to pick up and go get a Keenan Allen or a Devontae Adams, or put yourself in a position to go get a player like possibly Le'Veon Bell, who we'll talk about later, who has a great schedule for the rest of the season, those situations, you can go ahead and do that. That wouldn't be a bad idea. He still has that value, especially, like I said, with these bye weeks, take advantage of guys who are valuable and playing right now. You might be able to swindle somebody out of a really good player. Keenan Allen, I expect him to bounce back tonight plain and simple. The Oakland Raiders, A, are terrible in the secondary. That goes without saying. But B, Keenan Allen is still the number one guy of this wide receiver group. He's still going to be the guy that they're going to go to. He's still going to be a guy that could easily see double-digit targets in a game that could be high scoring. It could be in the high 20s, which I do expect this game to be. So I do expect Keenan Allen to get back on track in this matchup, but that doesn't mean I don't think Mike Williams can't be a high-end wide receiver three. Filing went over 100 yards last week. He still hasn't found the red zone. He's due for a touchdown people I don't know if it comes this week it has to come eventually but he's definitely a high end wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside especially this week with guys missing and especially since he will have an opportunity to score a touchdown in this one I like the way they utilized him they utilized him as that guy they're going to take those shots to when they go play action off the run especially when it's working well which I do expect it to work well tonight's game so Mike Williams is somebody who's a must start frankly for me this week because he has the upside to get in the red zone and they're taking shots to him down the field. He's carved out a role where he's getting a good amount of targets. He's averaging eight targets a game right now and I expect Keenan Allen to get back on track too. Obviously, you're starting Hunter Henry. That that should pretty much go without saying in this one. He's a top five tight end without a doubt probably for the rest of the season but against the Oakland Raiders here, he's just a guy who's he's always going to have an opportunity to score and with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and everyone having their, their sure roles now, I expect Hunter Henry to put up a great amount of production and have a high floor in each and every given week starting with this week right now so expect hunter henry in your lineups pretty much the rest of the way also also i'll even throw in mike bagley here at the kicker position he showed what he can do he showed he's a good kicker this is an offense that does have some troubles in the red zone at times you can go ahead and put him in on the oakland raiders side of the ball Derek Carr, I'm not streaming Derek Carr. Look, the Chargers defense is back. They have a pass rush. Now, yes, the secondary outside of Hayward is still suspect. Yes, they're not the top-end defense that you thought they could be earlier on in the season. But what I will say is this. He will have a decent game in this one. But I'm not going to trust it because it's Derek Carr. He's had three good games in a row. And just when you expect him to actually be a streaming viable quarterback, that's when the bottom's going to fall out from under you and you're going to be sitting there left holding the bag because Derek Carr had a 200-yard, one-touchdown performance. I don't think that's going to happen in this game, but it's definitely a likely possibility because he has such a wide range of outcomes. There's no way I would be playing Derek Carr in this one. There's other streaming quarterbacks that you can go to that you're not going to have to have those issues with. Next up, we have Josh Jacobs. He is getting the work. He's one of the few workhorse backs out there that has been consistently getting 20-plus carries every single week. Yes, he hasn't been as involved in the passing game as you would like him to be. Having said that, it hasn't really mattered. As long as this guy is getting 20-plus carries, as long as this guy is getting the goal line work, and as long as he looks as good as he has, because he's looked explosive in almost every single week he's been able to mi- make guys miss on a consistent basis, Josh Jacobs continues to be a high-end RB2 with week-in, week-out RB1 upside because of his ability to score touchdowns. So that kind of goes without saying. I'm not sticking with Jalen He's His... Jalen Richard, I know some people are looking at him as a, a full-point PPR, possible flex play in a desperate situation. I am not. He's not consistently involved enough in the passing game. No one running back outside of Josh Jacobs has carved out a consistent role in this team. Out of nowhere, they'll go to DeAndre Washington. I think they should stick with Jalen Richard, especially if they're not going to involve Josh Jacobs in the passing game as much as they should, but... What they should do and what they will do are always two very different things. So just keep that in mind. Stay away from Jalen Rashard. He's not the desperate flex player that you're going to look for in a heavy bye week. As far as receivers go, I don't expect a big game out of Tyrell Williams. Last week was the first week that he actually started and played an entire game where he did not score. So that's one thing going for him. I'll give him that. But he's going up against Hayward. Last week when he went up against the top corner, he was pretty much shut down. 48 yards and no touchdowns. And the 48 yards, the three catches, 48 yards, three catches for 38 yards. That has been more of his stat line for most of this season. You go back, you look at his stats. You take away those touchdowns, he's pretty much been finishing that three to four catch radius between that 35-45 yard range most games. The thing's been bailing him out is the touchdowns. Now, yes, he had a big game the first game he came back because he had the big play, but that hasn't been the norm for him. And in this matchup against a Chargers defense has definitely improved where he's going to be seeing a top corner for most of the game in Hayward. I'm not loving Tyrell Williams in this one. You may not have a better option because of the heavy bye weeks, but what I will say is that I'm going to look for other upside pieces. Uh especially depending on your lineups. If you need a pop, there's a a path in my mind where you could start a guy like a Marquise Brown over Tyrell Williams. Yes, he'd have more of a, a boomer bust option. Yes, Tyrell Williams would definitely have more of a floor than that type of a player. But because I don't expect Tyrell Williams to have a great game in this one, going for the stealing play might be the way to go. So if you have other options, I would look elsewhere for Tyrell Williams. But I understand with a guy who's been scoring as many touchdowns as he has, you may not have a better option, especially given the six teams on the bye this week. But just something to kind of keep in mind. I don't expect a great game out of him. Darren Waller, I don't know how great of a game he's going to have either. But what I will say is this. The last two weeks in a row, he's only had two catches each per game. I expect him to get back to where he was, which was having five to seven receptions each week in and out, be a guy who has the possibility to score in the red zone. I expect him to have to utilize him this week, especially with Hayward following Tyrell Williams. Darren Waller, to me, should wind up being the number one pass catcher for the Raiders tonight. So I do think that you can go ahead and expect a good amount of points out of Darren Waller. Not that you would bench him anyway to tighten position, let's be real. But for some of those leagues out there who maybe are looking at him as a flex because you have a Mark Andrews and a Darren Waller, which is a very likely possibility as of right now, yeah, go ahead and play a Darren Waller. Go ahead and play him in the flex. He should have a healthy floor in this one and have an opportunity to score. I do think he's going to wind up being the number one pass catcher in tonight's game. So that wraps up our Thursday night preview. We're going to go ahead, skip ahead, go right into the Sunday early games, starting off with Detroit and Chicago. So, in this game here, this is what we're looking at Matthew Stafford has, quote unquote, a new back injury. He says he's fine, he's expected to play. We're not worried about his availability there. The question is the guy who's been red hot, a guy who's been a top three quarterback for fantasy football purposes for the last month, can he sustain that against Chicago? He's got a couple things going for him. You're not really afraid of Chicago's secondary, but you are afraid of their pass rush. Detroit's offensive line has been terrible as of late. But the one thing going for Matthew Stafford, and while I don't have him in the top five of my quarterbacks, but I do have him as a back-end QB one still, is the fact that because the Detroit Lions clearly do not trust any one of their running backs, I do believe that they're going to have to stick with the volume in the passing game. So having that be the case he's in a situation right now where volume should give him a high floor you can beat the Chicago secondary deep with, and they have the ability to do it with guys like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones who can be physical and get deep on the perimeter I don't love that this game is in Chicago but I do think these are guys that are too red hot right now to bench So I would go ahead, I would keep playing Matthew Stafford, keep playing that hot streak, go with the fact that he should have the floor because of the high volume that I would expect to see. Even if this game gets ugly, you also have Mitchell Trubisky on the other side who's been playing absolutely horrible all season long that could give them extra possessions quite easily. And that is why I think Matthew Stafford will still be able to finish as a lower end QB1 this week and you can go ahead and keep riding that hot streak. As far as the running backs go, the Lions, the good news is, I guess, they didn't sign anybody extra this week. The bad news is they clearly don't trust any one of their running backs. This Last week was the week where you had to bring back Paul Perkins after cutting him. You had Ty Johnson. You had to start Ty Johnson. He had to be the lead back. He was. He still only got nine carries in a game in which Detroit was up for most of that game. So... It's clear they just don't trust enough any one of their running backs. It could be Ty Johnson who gets worked in the passing game. It could be J.D. McKissick. If you're playing either one of those guys, you're playing them on a hope and a prayer and nothing more. So just keep that in mind. Because I would really look for better options. They have incredibly low floors. Yes, one of them could score. Knowing which one of them is going to score, you would, take, you would have to be a psychic in order to know that. You're not going to know it otherwise. So I would think you can find a better option this week that you can have a better floor for, a better expectation for heading into this week than a Ty Johnson or, frankly, a JD McKissick, unless you're absolutely desperate and you're just looking for somebody who may have a pulse. Yes, they have a pulse. That's about as far as it goes. As far as receivers go, you have to start Kenny Galladay. He's been a wide receiver too. He's been a great wide receiver too. You have to start him. Marvin Jones has been on a bit of a hot streak as of late. I wouldn't be surprised if you're in a your situation, especially given the bye weeks, that you just you gotta have to play him at the flex position at the very least. He's a wide receiver three with upside. You know, he always has the possibility to score a touchdown, and that also goes for Danny Amendola. Now, look, only two of these receivers are going to be fantasy relevant. I think on any given week, especially this week, so. Two of these three, one of them is going to be left out. One of them is not going to be very good, but you're not going to know which one that is. And given the situation, Danny Amendola in PPR leagues, I think has a decent floor in this one. The slot receiver has been pretty effective against Chicago. I do believe that you're going to have to be able to play him as a low and wide receiver three flex play that you can expect at least a decent floor out of. Obviously, he does not have the touchdown upside of a Marvin Jones or a Kenny Galladay, but he does have that ability to get you five to six catches pretty easily. And I would play that in a full point PPR league only. Half point, Standard, probably not going to do it because the floor is too low otherwise, especially given that Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, I would think, in this matchup are going to be the go-to guys given given the matchup with Chicago, but I do think you can go ahead and play him in a full-point PPR for that floor play this week. As far as TJ Hawkinson goes, you still can't play him. You just can't. Look, I have big hopes for him. He's going to be great in the future. He's going to be great next year. But as far as this season goes, the guy is dropping way too many damn balls to actually trust this guy. So even against Chicago, who is pretty decent against a tight end, even though Zach Ertz lit them up last week, I don't expect anything out of TJ Hawkinson. You can find better streaming options outside of him for your tight end positions this week. On the Chicago side of the ball. This is where it just it gets annoying and gets interesting. Mitchell Trubisky, you are a black hole when it comes to the fantasy relevant players on this team and there's only two of them to begin with well technically three i guess you can kind of add tree cohen into that mix if trubisky can even get the ball out of his hand in time to dump it down last week against the philadelphia eagles for Allen robinson to only have one catch for six yards is absolutely pathetic and unacceptable and frankly going into this week puts you in a situation of what the hell are you going to do Allen Robinson against the Philadelphia Eagles only had one catch, six yards. What is he going to do with Darius Slay following him all around the field? Now, he could very well go back to having his 6-7-8 catch performance for 60-80 to 80 yards and have that possibility to go and have a touchdown. That's all possible, but it's not likely, especially with Mitchell Trubisky, the way he's playing right now. Not only is he a bad quarterback, but he's playing with zero confidence. You can't have that mix going up against a divisional opponent. So that that is going to be a problem. Alan Robinson, to me, look, you might not have a better option.
0: It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most. With the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy, it's peace of mind in a plan. Visit BlackHillsEnergy.com slash sign up to learn more. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone.
1: All right, we're, and, um, that's, that's something I'm going to probably repeat myself over and over again as we go through this episode, as we go through tomorrow's preview episode, part two, where we'll, we'll, be talk, we'll recap the Thursday night game, talk about the late Sunday games, and talk about the Sunday night and the Monday night game. We'll be doing that tomorrow as well. And of course, we'll have the mailbag segment there too, just so you guys FYI know, in case it's the first time you're checking out the show. We'll have all that for you tomorrow. But you're going to hear that theme from me because you have the six teams on by. So like I said, guys who you normally want to stay away from, guys who you don't feel great about, guys who you wouldn't normally consider, you're going to have to. Allen Robinson is somebody who's been a high-end wide receiver three, at times a low-end wide receiver two. And yet you're going in this week, I'm telling you, if you have a better option with a better matchup, I'd go elsewhere. I would, if you possibly can. You may not be able to. And that brings me back to my further point. You could do worse than Allen Robinson. Let's let's make that clear. It's very likely they could go right back. But frankly, right now, unless the Bears bench Mitchell Trubisky for Chase Daniels, I don't know what floor you can expect out of Allen Robinson. That's what you've been hoping for this all season, because... No matter what was happening with the Chicago's offense, no matter how terrible it was playing, for the most part, he was getting you at least 50, 60 yards with five to six catches. It was just a matter of, did he give you anything more than that? But now, in a plus matchup against the Eagles, when you only get one catch or six yards, because that's how bad Jabisky is playing at the moment, you can't really trust it, especially when you know he's going to have a tougher matchup against Darius slide Now, they're going to move Allen Robinson all around. They're going to put him in the slot. They're going to try to get him mismatches because the one thing I will say is that Matt Nagy's been doing a pretty good job of trying to get guys mismatches. Mr. Trubisky's just been terrible. Flat out terrible. There's nothing you can do with him. We'll see what happens in this game. Allen Robinson, to me, right now is no more than a very low-end wide receiver three heading into this matchup that really gives you a lot of cause for concern. The only thing going for you is that even with Slay last week, the Detroit offense didn't look great, but I'll bring you back to the point of Tyrell Williams, who's kind of playing, he's not as good as Allen Robinson as far as a talent prospect goes, but has been playing at a kind of a similar production rate he was only shut down for three catches for 48 yards. So I don't love the prospect. And that's with Derek Carr playing really well right now. I don't love the prospect with Mr. Trubisky and Allen Robinson as Darius Slay. So if you have a better option, I would look elsewhere. But if you don't, you can do worse than Allen Robinson. But just keep, keep that in mind moving forward. As far as anybody else goes, David Montgomery, he's going to continue to get 20 plus carries. But right now, Chicago's in a situation where they have to hide Trubisky. The only way you can do that is to run the football as much as you possibly can. He will guarantee get plus 20 uh, carries in this game. Against the Detroit Lions, Snack Harrison is back. Their run defense is getting a little bit better over the past couple of weeks, but they're still not a team that you're afraid of. You're still, still should be a team that you can see a good amount of success of. You know, David Montgomery's going to have an opportunity to be a goal line. He's somebody in this week with six teams on by he's easily a low-end RB2 for you this week, given the volume that he should see. So David Montgomery, to me, is a safe play, and maybe the only safe play of the Bears moving forward until Drabisky gets benched. Tariq Cohen, I don't know how you play Tariq Cohen. How do you play Tariq Cohen with Mr. Trubisky playing this way? You can only play him in a full-point PPR in your flex positions and hope that it's going to be a dump-off day, but there's no way you can play it with any confidence whatsoever. I would stay stay far away. Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens. we got the Cincinnati Bengals, the team that knocked off the undefeated New England Patriots, gets to go against a division rival who hasn't won a game yet this season, starting a rookie quarterback. Guess what's going to happen? The Ravens are going to do what they want in this game. They're going to inflict their will. They're going to be able to run, 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 run. Mark Ingram's going to be an RB1 this week. Even if he only gets 15 carries, I can almost... This is a game where I can almost guarantee you 100 yards and a touchdown going into this game against Cincinnati for Mark Ingram. Now, I know the first time they played, he wound up, he did get the touchdown, but he only had 50 yards. and Mostly had to do with Lamar Jackson running like a banshee. I'm not saying that doesn't have a possibility of happening, but what I'm saying is that Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram could both go for 100 yards in this game. Pretty much just play your Ravens. Marquise Brown, yes. Boomer bust option, completely. Wide range of outcomes, absolutely. But in this game, if you don't play Marquise Brown in a. Week where you have six teams on by playing against Cincinnati Bengals, you're not going to play Marquise Brown. I'm taking the shot on him this week. I think he's a wide receiver three with great upside. I definitely want to take the shot on him, especially in DFS leagues. But he's a guy who's due for another boom game. He's finally back healthy. Remember, the first time they played Cincinnati was the game he got hurt. So he wasn't able to do too much. Look for Marquise Brown to make his impact in this one. And Mark Andrews, also look for him to return to tight end one relevancy in this matchup as well. They're going to be in a better situation. They're not going to have to have Nick Boyle and Hayden Hurst out there quite as much to block as they did against the New England Patriots. I expect Mark Andrews to get back involved in this passing game as they move forward. I know he's fallen off a little bit as of late, but he's still a dynamic talent. He's still the quote-unquote number one pass catcher for the Ravens thus far, as far as statistics go. Expecting to get back involved. Expecting to be back to being a tight end one. So start your Ravens. Start them all. As far as the Bengals go, what are we looking at against the Baltimore Ravens with Ryan Finley, the starting quarterback position? Well, first, the thing we have to talk about is that AJ green. We don't know if he's going to play. The expectation was that he's going to come back and play. And yet all of a sudden, Oh, my ankle doesn't feel quite 100%. So I'm mm, not going to be able to come back and play in this one. Not, or I should say not going to be able to come back and practice on a Wednesday, even though I've been practicing in limited fashion pretty much up until this point. Look, We're still waiting for what the practice report is going to come out in a few hours. We'll probably find that out. But as of right now, if I'm A.J. Green, there is absolutely no reason on the face of this earth that I would play for a team that has not won a game on the last year of my contract. He has nothing to prove as far as what his talent is, what you can expect out of him, or anything to that nature. So as long as that is the case to me, if I'm A.J. Green, I'm looking for every excuse in the book to not have to come back to this team. There's no reason for it. You are going to get one more contract in your career. It's going to be next year. Why risk re-injury a guy who is injury prone for a team going nowhere that is not necessarily going to be committed to you in the future? Why put yourself out there? So honestly, I could wind up being wrong about this, and I will take it, and that will be perfectly fine if I am. But for right now, I would be surprised if A.J. Green decided to come back at all. At all. So just keep that in mind, too. As I'm looking through here, I'm getting some updates about Le'Veon Bell. We're going to talk about that soon. But it's some good news here for Le'Veon Bell coming in. And uh, so we're just getting some injury updates that are coming through. So some of the injury reports are going to be coming through as we go through this recording. Uh, remember, if you're listening to the audio version, I am talking on Sportscaster, too. So I'm giving more of a live, live feed here uh, just to keep that in mind as you listen through this. why the show might sound a little different than it normally does. Ryan Finley. What can he do as a rookie quarterback? Against the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know much. This is a defense that got way better when they signed for Marcus Peters because all the other pieces now fall into place. Now they actually have a number one cornerback that they can count on. So being that that's the case... Uh, one the Ravens defense have a great chance of being the number one defense of the week that that's first and foremost so if they were available in your waiver wire if they're still available in your waiver wire make sure you go and grab them this is a defense you're actually probably going want to hold on to for the rest of the season too because not only are they playing much better but now that they had their bye week you're not gonna have to worry about picking up another defense so this is a great defense to have for the rest of the season starting especially with this game against a rookie quarterback and Ryan Finley Look, the thing about him coming out of college is that he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. He throws more with anticipation and touch, but there's a rookie quarterback and anticipation and touch is only effective. if You can read defenses. I'm willing to bet he's going to have a hard time reading defenses against the Baltimore Ravens in this game and then not have the arm strength to be able to make up for that. So I expect expected to be quite a bit of turnovers. Joe Mixon not a must start. In fact, if anything, I'm running away from Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon would be the one guy that even if I'm in a desperate situation, I'm still going to see what other options I can turn to this week in a heavy bye week. Because against the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know what you can expect him to do. This offensive line is not getting any better. The Bengals, for whatever reason, I don't know why, seemingly do not want to start Cordy Glenn. Now they may be forced into that this week, which would be a good thing for Joe Mixon. They need he needs Cordy Glenn to come back to help improve the offensive line. But right now, it looks like the Bengals are more concerned about him getting injured and then being on the hook for the rest of his money than trying to do anything to help this team right now. Now they made it come in the bye week with the emphasis of we're going to try to find ways to get Joe Mixon the ball, which would make sense with a rookie quarterback coming in. But against the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know how much success he can really have. He's nothing more than a desperate flex play because you're just you have to have somebody who's actually playing this week in your lineup. And that's it. He's been so bad, the offensive line's not improving. With the rookie quarterback's not helping anything. Guys are just going to pile up more and more in the box than they already have. Unless Joe Mixon finally gets involved in the passing game, he's a guy with such a low floor that you have to steer away. You have to steer away. As far as the wide receivers go, look, if A.J. Green doesn't come back, I don't love... Tyler Boyd's in the same boat with Joe Mixon to me. You're only playing him if you have to have somebody who has a pulse this week. Other than that, I don't know how you can trust it. Now, it was kind of a shame because if A.J. Green was going to come back, Tyler Boyd might actually see a return to fantasy relevancy had that happen because I do believe his production, his statistics were going to go up with A.J. Green's return, kind of similar to how it did last year, basically because... Even with Ryan Finley coming into the game, his easy read consistently enough was going to be Tyler Boyd of A.J. Green's taking the top off the field and letting up in the perimeter. That was going to be his easy check down go to guy. If that's not the case, no one is safe for the Bengals. This is a week against the Baltimore Ravens where if you can help it, I would not play one single player from this team. Now, let me just give you a quick insight tip in case A.J. Green does play. I don't expect it, but in case he does. I would wait. I would wait one week. I would. I, it's, it's going to be the only and first time that you're ever going to hear me to say bench AJ Green if he's healthy. There's no way in the world in this matchup, his first week back with the changes they've made the quarterback position that you can play Ryan that you can play AJ Green with Ryan Finley there. I would wait a week. I would. So even if he plays, I'm kind of steering away from it. Hopefully, I would still hold on to Adrian for those of you out there because until we get some more clarity, there's no reason just to put him on the waiver wire, but there is a chance that he may become Dump City pretty soon. Next game, Buffalo Bills, Cleveland Browns. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be an ugly game, but look, we're still waiting for reports exactly what the Buffalo Bills are going to plan to do for Devin Singletary, right? He had a great game last week. Frank Gore was terrible. He had 20 carries and added on a few more receptions. So he showed that he could have a heavy workload without getting hurt. So that was, I think that was step one. He should take over this backfield. I mean, he should he should have already taken over his backfield a while ago, but he should take over this backfield after a performance like that. Will Frank Gore still be involved? Yeah, because the Buffalo Bills are going to be a run-first team. They're going to run the ball so much that Frank Gore is probably still going to get eight to ten carries, even if Devin Singletary is the guy. But you want Devin Singletary to be the guy. So that way, you know, going into it, you have a good floor, a good work volume to work with. And going up against Cleveland Browns, who consistently get gashed, By the running games, you want Devin Singletary. He is an RB2 this week. I expect him to at least get a healthy amount of dosage, and this could be the week, could be the week that we see Devin Singletary finally establish himself as the lead back on this team. Now, they haven't come out and said who's the starter yet, they haven't reported any of that, but whoever's the starter in this game is really neither here nor there when it comes to fantasy value for me. Devin Singletary, are you going to get 20 carries again? I think that's a likely possibility against the Cleveland Browns. You like your odds for that boning out well for you. So I love Devin Singletary here. Play him as an RB two. I don't love John Brown. Look, Cleveland's defense has been disappointing. That's to say the least. Coralton Sutton did catch a touchdown last week, but with Josh Allen, the secondary intact for the Cleveland Browns, it shouldn't be bad. It's not a great matchup here. I don't love anything in the passing game really for the Buffalo Bills in this particular game with Cole Beasley, with John Brown. I'm staying away. I'm staying away from Josh Allen if I can help it too. He's been even worse in the passing game than he was a season ago, if you can believe that or not. Statistically speaking. Now, he's been able to keep John Brown relevant in decent matchups. That is true. And last year, it was a question mark what wide receiver was going to be fantasy relevant. He has been able to do that with John Brown. Cole Beasley's even Beasley scored, has scored the last three weeks in a row, too. That's true as well. But with Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, I feel like Cleveland's going to win this game. So that's also has something to do with it. You just can't trust Josh Allen because the floor could just fall out from under you at any given time. So I'm playing Devin Singletary. I'm not playing anybody else on the Buffalo Bills if I can help it. If I can help it. On the Cleveland Browns side of the ball, you don't love this matchup except for Nick Chubb. Buffalo Bills have been being gashed in the running game as of late. Adrian Peterson went over 100 yards on them last week. Adrian Peterson. With that abysmal Washington Redskins offensive line, he was able to go. Nick Chubb's been running with his hair on fire. We don't know what the role is between him and Kareem Hunt. We don't know if Kareem Hunt is even going to be back today. Or back this week, I should say. It, it may be a couple more weeks. Yes, his suspension's over as of this week. But we may not actually see him on the field with any kind of significant role taking away from Nick Chubb for another week or two. Remember, he's still got to get back in game shape. He's still, he's still learning the playbook so there's some things there where you're not going to play Kareem Hunt. And I wouldn't worry about it as far as Nick Chubb for this week. Now, after this is when we're going to start to get more of a vibe of what we can expect moving forward between these two. Like I said in the past, the worst case scenario is that it turns into a 50-50 split. That's the worst case scenario. The likely scenario is that it's a 65-35 split in favor of Nick Chubb. He's been too good to just take touches away from, first of all. And second of all, he's more likely the future than Kareem Hunt is. Remember, Kareem Hunt is in a position where he's going to get a contract from somebody. His contract's up, he's down a year. Somebody's going to pay Kareem Hunt, for sure, without a doubt. So just keep that in mind, because Nick Chubb being the future of the guy, they're not just going to suddenly turn things over. So, I don't trust Kareem Hunt really as any time of play. If it winds up being a 50-50 split, we'll talk come playoff time. But as of right now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't deal with it. And I'm not worried about Nick Chubb losing touches. So I do love Chubb in this game. I do think he's an RB1, given the matchup against the Buffalo Bills with the way they've been having their run defense as of late. As far as the passing game goes, I do think you have to keep playing Odell Beckham. The one thing going for you is that the Buffalo Bills don't shadow. So he won't see Tredavious White the entire game part of the game but not the entire game they have an emphasis they've been talking about it all week already that they are going to look to get obj the ball early and often that is going to be the game plan for this win so i do think heading into this game at the very least beckham has a high floor he may not have a great ceiling. It is still a bad matchup against a good Buffalo Bills secondary. The Cleveland Browns have looked like absolute crap in the passing game all season long. Play callings has terrible. Baker Mayfield's been terrible. All of that. But if they're just going to simply find ways to give him the ball, which sounds like the game plan heading into this week, he'll at least have a high floor. And because he's Odell Beckham, he can always make even the best guys miss and take it to the house. You have to play Odell Beckham this week. Have to. It's crazy that we've gotten to the point where that's even a thought, a conversation, an idea that you may not, but you have to. And keep in mind, after this game, things will get better for him. He gets easier matchups. He'll have a better time. They should get back on track at least a little bit. They're too talented of an offense to continue to just do nothing, especially in the passing game. So after this week, things do get better for Odell Beckham. Obviously, you're staying away from Baker Mayfield. I'm good with playing Jarvis Landry in half point and full point PPR leagues in the flex this week. Yes, he scored last week. That's not Jarvis Landry's game, so that's what makes him a little bit tough in standard leagues. But in this matchup, like I said, one guy's going to be seeing Tredavious White, the other guy's going to be on the other side, and then you'll be able to kind of work off of that. Jarvis Landry's had a decent floor, even when the Browns have been playing pretty bad because he still seems to get his five catches no matter what. How many yards you get is always a question mark, but... I do think he has enough of a floor. You can play him as a flex this week and feel decently confident that you're going to get a solid performance. The good thing going for them is that it's in Cleveland. So the Buffalo Bills defense isn't as good on the road, isn't as stifled on the road as they are at home. So this that does bode well if you have the Cleveland Brown wide receivers. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones doesn't look like he's going to be playing this week. So at the tight end position right now, we don't know what we're looking at for Cleveland. But I, what I will say is that David Njoku did get out of his walking boot earlier on this week. He's not going to be back this week, but he could be back in the next couple of weeks. And with the way the tight end position is, you might want to go ahead, if you have the ability to do so, and just pick him up and stash him now because he's somebody who's definitely going to be a hot commodity once he's ready to get back because I'm sure he's a guy who's been dropped quite a bit I will do a probably he will probably be on my waiver wire report next week so I'll get you exactly what the percentage is on average that he is owned throughout all the weeks in case you're curious but check out your leagues now if you're in a position to be able to stash somebody he's somebody who could really come in handy down the stretch for you now we got the Carolina Panthers we got the Green Bay Packers right so with these guys what are we looking at? The Packers coming off of a disappointing performance. Devontae Adams coming off of a disappointing performance. Expect Devontae Adams to be back to wide receiver one territory in this game. It's not a secondary that scares you. This is a Carolina offense defense excuse me, that hasn't been playing as well as of late. Play all of your Packers. Don't worry about it. Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, obviously Devontae Adams, and, of course, Jamal Williams, who's become a... Top in flex play for especially for PPR leagues because of how involved in the passing game he is and the fact that the guy scored like every game this month so far. So, yeah, you play Jamal, you play Jamal Williams this week. He's gonna be there for you. He's gonna cut, he's, he's gonna have a high floor. He's too involved. Now, what it is, it's taking away from Aaron Jones in the passing game. And I warned everybody last week in my preview episodes, I told you guys, with Devontae Adams coming back, is going to take away targets from the running backs. It's just going to. He, Aaron Rodgers is going to go down the field more so and not checking the ball down quite as much. It's going to take away targets from both of them in general. We saw that happen last week. Now, given the offense in general did not play as well as we would expect it to, so there's going to be more opportunities down the road, but that's why I think Aaron Jones is going to be becoming more of a lower-end RB two, who you need a big play from in order for him to get, get the value that you want out of his return. Because between Jamal Williams and Devontae Adams, he's not in a situation where he's going to be getting 18 to 20 total touches anymore. It's going to be more like 15, 16. That's still good for an Aaron Jones player, but he's not going to have that ceiling. It's not going to be nearly as high, especially with Devontae Adams back. So just keep that in mind as you move forward. I think Aaron Jones is somebody who might be more of a sell high heading into this week than a guy that you necessarily want to hold on to heading into the playoff schedule. So something to kind of Food for thought there as far as it goes for Aaron Jones. As far as Carolina Panthers, obviously Christian McCaffrey, you're number one. It doesn't matter who you play. It doesn't matter what they might be able to do. He just comes up, he plays all day, every day, and is always able to make a big play happen. little breaking news here. Uh, We're not going to talk about this game until tomorrow, so I will break this now. Uh, Kicker Robbie Gould for the 49ers has a strained quad... And is in doubt for Monday Night Football, Chase McLaughlin, who was just dropped by the Los Angeles Chargers because Mike Bagley was coming back, has just been signed by the 49ers. So if you have Robbie Gold, it doesn't look like he's going to play on Monday. So just some breaking news coming to my desk right here, right now for you guys. Look at that. We got our first first live show and our first breaking news. How about that? So continue with the Panthers. Curtis Samuel didn't practice yesterday with a hamstring issue. As of right now, it doesn't seem to be a big concern. The Panthers don't seem overly worried about his status for this week. Obviously, keep your eye on the practice reports today. Follow me on Twitter at MDSFFshow. I am always on there giving you player update news notifications for you. So that way you guys know exactly who's hurt, who who's, you had to go pick up, what to expect, I'm on it 24-7 for you guys. Completely free, obviously, because it's Twitter. So make sure you're following me along on Twitter at MDSFFshow for those player news update notifications. Also, it's a great way to get in contact with me as well if you have fantasy football questions of any sort. I'll always be there to answer them for you guys. So if Curtis Samuel can't play, obviously DJ Moore's volume goes way up. He has one of the highest floors. He's already a wide receiver too for the most part because of the volume that he sees. It would be nice if he got worked in the red zone a little bit more, but he's not that type of wide receiver. It's always going to kind of be hit or miss which one of those two is the touchdown guy that day. And also Greg Olson could see a little bit of a tick up in volume if Curtis Samuel cannot go. If he can go, which right now sounds like they're expecting him to still be able to play this week as of now. You never know what's going to happen in in practice with hamstring issues. As of now, Curtis Samuel is somebody I think you can play in a flex. He's a wide receiver three with upside. He always has a play to, he always has the ability to make a big play. But the Green Bay Packers secondary has been torched as of late. You've been able to take advantage of them. They're not somebody that scares you. J.R. Alexander has not played nearly as well as he did in the beginning of this season. Or really the Green Bay defense as a whole for that part, which is why they've had more emphasis on the offense. It's why they have been going to more of a pass first look because the defense is not holding the way they used to. So, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel are guys that you can definitely plug and play and expect solid performances out of they're able to go in this one. The question becomes Greg Olson. I'm only going to want to play Greg Olson if Curtis Samuel can't play because then you can actually expect the added volume. If both these guys are playing, you're playing Greg Olson on a hope and a prayer. And frankly, your tight end situation might be nothing but hopes and prayers. But I do think you're going to be able to find other value. Gerald Everett was a guy who was dropped a lot last week. He might be available to you guys. Janu Smith might still be out there. We don't know if Delaney Walker will actually come back this week or not as of yet. We're looking for the injury reports on that one too. So just kind of keep that in mind where Greg Olson is definitely not a must play. Even in a match against the Green Bay Packers, which people have been able to take advantage of and have given up big games of Darren Wallers and such like that in the past. But Kyle Allen right now... On a consistent basis, outside of Chris McCaffrey, he's able to hit two other pass catchers. And he's been going to the outside way more than he's been looking for Greg Olson this entire stretch. So it would have to take a Curtis Samuel injury for me to have any confidence to play Greg Olson in this one. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is now partnered with the Unwrapped Sports Network. Unwrapped Sports Network has a top-notch sports blog covering all sports all the time with a team of talented writers. You can also visit their podcast page to listen to this show and several others covering multiple sports. Sign up for their newsletter and never miss a thing at unwrapsports.com. Again, that's UnwrappedSports.com. Next game we want to talk about Kansas City Chiefs, Tennessee Titans. Patrick Mahomes practiced in full yesterday. I love, I love how Andy Reid was trying to like play coy in the beginning of the day. Like, oh, I don't know. You know. It's not a given that Patrick Mahomes definitely comes back week 10. We're going to let it up to the doctors. And then literally two hours later, it comes out. Patrick Mahomes practices in full. No doubt about it. You practice in full on a Wednesday. You're playing on Sunday. Plain and simple. Plain and simply, took all the first team reps. There's no doubt in my mind Mahomes will be back this week, as was the expectation heading into this week. So that's great news for everyone involved. You have Sammy Watkins who now returns to wide receiver three with upside potential moving forward. You have you know Tyreek Hill, who had been playing pretty well anyway with Matt Moore, but he continues to be a wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey continues to be a top-end tight end one. But the biggest thing that it changes outside of Sammy Watkins being some, <coughs> excuse me, somebody that you can actually, I think, play with confidence this week, even in a tough matchup against the Tennessee Titans, because you can expect that he's going to have a solid floor because he's been getting five to seven catches every single week. So in PPR leagues, he has a floor. And with Patrick Mahomes back, he goes back to having the ability to break a big one. So besides him, one of these running backs is going to do well. What we saw last week was that LaShawn McCoy was still very much in the doghouse after the fumble from the previous week when he didn't play much in that second half either. Damian Williams might have taken over this job. It's hard to know. It, it could be just as likely they go back to LaShawn McCoy this week. That, that wouldn't surprise me. That could very well happen. The tea leaves right now look like it's Damian Williams first, and then LaShawn McCoy, and of course Darryl Williams continue to be sprinkled in here and there. That's what it looks like as of now. We'll see if that continues. The big thing about Damian Williams is like, look, you take away that 91-yard run, he had 11 carries for 34 yards. So he's still being very inefficient on the ground. He didn't get that involved in the passing game. With Patrick Mahomes back, I expect his running back position in general to get back involved in the passing game. That's what you want to see out of Damian Williams. Will he get involved? Is this his backfield? Will he be the main pass catcher? If both of those things answer true after this week, Damian Williams could wind up, I don't, he's not going to have the ceiling that he had last year where he pretty much won fantasy leagues for you at the end there because McCoy is still going to be involved to some degree. But if that's going to be the case, he is somebody who's suddenly going to be a high end flex play, a, a low end RB2 for you the rest of the way. And that could be the one piece that maybe does put your team over the top if you're in a playoff race right now. That is a very likely possibility if he's going to be the lead guy moving forward. But we don't know that. We don't know that. As a guy who's trying to help out with your fantasy teams, I would be dead wrong if I told you, yep, Damian Williams, lock it in, is going to be the lead back for the Chiefs moving forward. That Because that's simply, we don't know. We don't know. But that's where the direction is trending at the moment. So that's all you can go off of for now. Keep that in mind. I would definitely play Damian Williams this week with Patrick Mahomes coming back. I think there's a good chance that he is the guy who's on the field for most for this week. There's a good chance that he is the guy who will be involved in the passing game. So I would go ahead in a heavy bye week and play Damian Williams and have some confidence that he has a chance for a decent output in this game, at least a high floor of nothing else in any scoring format. So I do like that there. Obviously, you're starting the rest of the Chiefs players. We don't have to go into detail on that. On the Tennessee Titans side of the ball, outside of Derrick Henry, who you're obviously going to start as an RB two, and you like the matchup here too. Ryan Tannehill is a low end streamer. If you're out there, you're in deeper leagues, quarterback position, there's just nothing available. You don't like some of the matchups against Kansas City Chiefs. Ryan Tannehill, with the way he's played as a late, can be a low end streamer for you, a bottom of the barrel scraper, a guy who might be able to just get you through a week. I don't think he would lose you the week. I think he's going to be able to have a serviceable enough production day that he'll be able to at least put you in position to be able to compete and so so that's that's what I'm talking I'm talking about if your your quarterback's on by and there's nothing else out there in your deeper league otherwise it's Ryan Tannehill stay away stay stay far away if you can AJ Brown's a wide receiver that I would want to play for the Tennessee Titans they move him around more he doesn't just play the perimeter they move him in and out of the slot. He is a better red zone threat than Corey Davis. I'm not I'm not keeping Corey Davis. I'm not benching Corey Davis. I am dropping Corey Davis to me. I don't see any reason why you would keep him at this point. He's had one good game this season. One. Everyone got excited because he had six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown with Ryan Tannehill. That's it. That's all he's been able to do. Corey Davis is not that good. I've been saying that for years. I've been saying that since he came out of college. He's not a wide receiver one. He's a complimentary guy. Now, they ever get a decent quarterback in Tennessee, because they have A.J. Brown now, he may wind up being a serviceable wide receiver and be pretty productive at some point in the future. But both of those things have to happen. A.J. Brown's a superstar of this team in the making. He's the guy who's going to be the number one guy moving forward. He's the guy that if you're in fantasy leagues this week looking for a start, he's the one who has the touchdown potential against the Kansas City Chiefs because he gets moved all around the field and he's too physical for what the Chiefs have at the cornerback position. A.J. Brown's who I'm going with. Not playing Corey Davis at all, ever, this this season. Why have him? Why have him at this point? So I've been making that argument. I keep hearing all these Corey Davis believers who still believe, oh, he's so he's still so talented. He's still No, no, he doesn't. A.J. Brown has taken over. He is the number one wide receiver of this team moving forward. He is the guy that you want to take a shot on to get in the end zone because basically when it comes to these Tennessee tight wide receivers, that's what you have to hope for. Otherwise, you might not get any production. So A.J. Brown's who I would play. If, obviously, he's a wide receiver four and you're hoping for a touchdown, so keep that in mind where his value is, but he's the only one I'm taking a shot on. That includes a tight end position. Janus Smith isn't consistent as a fantasy player, and Delaney Walker could be back this week, and even Delaney Walker does come back this week. How can you play him at his age with the injuries he's had, high risk of re-injury in this matchup? I would not trust him. I wouldn't touch him with a 10-foot pole. I'm staying away from Tennessee. So, outside of Derrick Henry and taking a shot on A.J. Brown, I'm just staying away from, which is sad because the Chiefs should be a plus matchup for them, especially with Patrick Mahomes back, because Tennessee is going to be in a situation where they might have to throw. And yet, you still can't trust anybody. Hopefully, they get a better quarterback moving forward, but that's it for them. Next game up, and the second to last, third to last game that we're going to talk about in this show, we have. The Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Matt Ryan will be back, so that's great news there. You might have to play Devontae Freeman. You're not going to love the matchup. The thing you have going for you right now is that Ito Smith is out of concussion protocol, but it's still not practicing with a neck injury. So there's a, a decent chance that Ito Smith doesn't play this week. If that winds up being the case, we saw before their bye week, Devontae Freeman did get the majority, overwhelming majority of the work. They didn't try to sprinkle in Brian Hill on an Edo Smith level. It was, it was definitely Devontae Freeman's backfield. As, if that's the case again this week, you can play Freeman in an RB2 situation because he's going to have a decent floor because in that situation, he's going to have to be involved in the passing game. So as long as he's involved in the passing game, you can still play Freeman with the expectation that he will be okay. That he will be okay. So just keep that in mind too. He's going to have to be playing as an RB2. Julio, obviously you're starting him. Austin Hooper, obviously you're starting him. Calvin really, no Muhammad Sanu. Matt Ryan back. You're going up against the Saints. The mismatch is the second wide receiver. Marshawn Lattimore is going to be following Julio Jones all around the field. Calvin really's is a talented guy. It's half past time that he got back involved in the offense. I do believe with the bye week and Sanu gone, they might have gotten an opportunity here where he can get back involved. Now remember, with Matt Schaub, with the first game away from Mohamed Sanu, he had four catches for 70 yards. Now, you don't love that he only had four catches. He only had four targets that game, too. I expect that to go up, but the fact that he had 70 yards, he finally showed a pulse to get back involved again. I think you can play Calvin Ridley as a wide receiver three in this matchup. I think you can play him as a flex. He, sh- he should have an opportunity to score a touchdown. This is a game which the Saints are going to put up points. It, whether it's a blowout for the Saints or whether this winds up turning into a shootout, either way, the Falcons are going to have a heavy volume in the passing game. Calvin really should be worked in. He should be played. I think you're going to get a decent performance out of him. On the Saints side of the ball, you start everybody. Alvin Kamara is coming back. You start Drew Brees, start Michael Thomas. You can even stream Jared Cook this week who hasn't been that involved, hasn't been great, but this week against the Atlanta Falcons, with him coming back from practice as well, you can stream Jared Cook at the tight end position this week. I think the only question you really have is, can you play Latavius Murray? To that, I say, look, if you're in a situation where you're heavy on bye weeks, I think playing Latavius Murray as a flex is not a bad option this week. I think he did enough to show, well, there's two things. He did enough to show that A, he should be back involved in the offense like he was earlier on in the season, where they did give him 10 to 12 carries along with Alvin Kamara and played more of that Mark Ingram role like we expected him to do. So he's earned the right to get back to that. The other thing going from them is the fact that since Drew Brees is back, there's not gonna be as much of an emphasis to keep Alvin Kamara on the field all the time to help out Teddy Bridgewater anymore. So I do think with Breeze coming back, Latavius Murray will play more, even with Alvin Kamara in the mix. So I do think Latavius Murray could be a solid flex option for you guys this week, have an opportunity to score. And remember, if they blow out the Falcons, which is a decent possibility to happen, there's, they're not going to want to get Kamara re-injured. So Latavius Murray could see a lot of work in the second half. So I do think you can play him in the flex with confidence this week. Now, next game up, we're going to talk about New York Giants, New York Jets. Uh Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready.
0: It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible.
1: Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather.
0: Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.
1: Yes, the lovely New York game. The awful game. This is going to be so bad. This is going to be so bad. But we still have fantasy relevant players to talk about. First, with the Giants, though, we have to talk about the fact that Sterling Shepard has a likelihood of getting sent to the IR at some point. That just seems like it's it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So keep that in mind. I, I wouldn't even hold on to Shepard at this point. I would just make room because I think it's almost a certainty that he's going to sent to the IR with the way they've treated him over the last week where they pulled him back after it looked like he was going to come back a week ago. What that means is Golden Tate is a wide receiver two moving forward. He is. He's a low-end wide receiver two because he's going to have a high floor each and every week with the volume that you can expect to see. So you can go ahead and play Golden Tate with confidence every single week in your matchups no matter who he's playing against matchup-proof because of the high floor, because of the target volume that he's going to see now with no starting Shepard. And now we also have Evan Ingram, who's not only going to be out this week, but a very possibility he's going to miss the next few weeks in a row. He has that midfoot sprain. It's not a Liz Franck injury, so that's the good news there, but it still could be a couple weeks before he comes back. Golden Tate's going to be like the lone wide receiver they're going to be able to go to. And a guy that, if you're looking to take a flyer on somebody this week, and you have to hit a home run, and you just want to take a shot, Darius Slayton, a a low-end Boomer bust, wide receiver four, with no Evan Ingram, no Sterling Shepard. The guy has been able to make plays down the field. Look, you're you're looking for a home run out of him. It's going to be a one-play-makes-his-fantasy-day type of play. But that is what he can do in this offense. It's what he provides. And with those, the volume has to come somewhere. And it's got to go somewhere besides Golden Tate and Saquon Barkley all the time. Darius Slayton should be that third guy who gets the benefit from this situation. I do think you can go ahead, take a shot on him, especially with some of these heavy bye weeks coming up. He's definitely somebody I would also try to add if you possibly can too. Because we don't know when Evan Ingram is going to come back. And we don't know if Sterling Shepard is going to come back at all again this season. As far as the Jets go... Le'Veon Bell, like I said, I was getting some news updates. He did return to practice in a limited fashion this week. So that's great news. He we got the we got the news yesterday about the MRI results that he did not have any structural damage. So that was good news too. He looks like he is trending in the right direction to be able to play this Sunday. So that is why we're not going to be worried about Le'Veon Bell, all of the all of the, you know, talk about, oh, what's going on, as far as, you know, who's going to be the backup if you have to pick somebody else up. You don't have to worry about it. I'm getting some breaking news, and we're going. I'm getting some more breaking news, and we're going to be talking about this game tomorrow too. So I will break this now. Amari Cooper underwent an MRI on his knee yesterday. He's not practicing today. This is brand new news. So if you don't, if you're not, if you're not aware of this, Amari Cooper MRI on his knee, not practicing today. Not a great sign. If he cannot go, Michael Gallup becomes the number one wide receiver on that team. We'll talk about that game in a little while. But yeah, that that just came to cross my desk just now. So keep that in mind. Back to the Jets. Jamison Crowder in a PPR league is the only wide receiver I'm willing to play for the New York Jets. You can't trust Robbie Anderson because of Sam Darnold and the way Adam Gase calls plays. Demaryius Thomas is done. There's no reason you should be playing Demaryius Thomas. That leaves Jamison Crowder. He had a nice week last week against the Miami Dolphins. They've talked about, along with Le'Veon Bell, the fact that they want to get Crowder more involved in the offense again, too. They started off with that week. It seems to be the emphasis moving forward. We know slot receivers usually like to go play pretty well under Adam Gase. I do believe you can play him, especially with the schedule that they have, as a PPR high-end wide receiver four type of player where you should expect a decent floor out of him. Only in PPR and half-point PPR leagues. If you play in standard leagues, I'm not playing him because, yes, you got the touchdown last week. That's not something you can expect out of James Crowder week in and week out. The only other player of note that we have to talk about with the Jets is Chris Herndon. Yes, he's back at practice in limited capacity, but look, I've talked about this several times. Chris Herndon is... Not in a situation where he can be expected to perform. Ryan Griffin's been decent. I don't think Adam Gase is simply going to turn over the the starting job to him. I think we've seen that so far this season. I think if he really wanted to play Chris Herndon, he would have done it by now. He should be back. He should be healthy enough. So I don't think Chris Herndon's a guy that you could pick up. You can stream. I don't think he has upside potential for you. He is somebody that you picked up. You go ahead and drop him. You're never going to feel comfortable playing Chris Herndon at any point this season. I'm telling you that right now. Right now. Next game up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Arizona Cardinals. And this will be the last game that we're talking about today. The rest of the preview games, the the late afternoon games, Sunday night, Monday night games, will be in tomorrow's episode. Now, tomorrow, I'm probably not going to be doing a live cast. Remember, I'm doing this today kind of as a rough draft, a laboratory experiment, because I will be moving to more of a video simultaneous you know stream along with the audio version next season so that's why i've been trying this out been appreciative of all you guys have been following me along uh as we go through this last game here remember in the in the comments in the chat if you have uh, any fantasy football questions go ahead and ask them i have some pre-selected mailbag questions that we're going to go through too but after we're done this game we're going to go right in the mailbag segment so go ahead and ask your questions and i'll get to them as we go through the show before we close out this episode so i hope hopefully this is all going well for you guys and hopefully utilize that but uh, that's kind of one of the features of why i wanted to try this out today to see how that would all work out as well so like i said this is a rough test run if you're listening this an audio version uh obviously uh, we'll always still be an audio podcast so nothing to worry about there I'll always still be available to you guys to be able to listen to on your drives and everything like that but just trying something out different today and i'll always collect some mailbag questions from people who talk to me during the week who are more listeners of the audio version too so don't worry md nation i got your You're back. I'm never going to forget about anybody who follows this show and helps this show out. Ever, ever, ever. So let's wrap up the last game that we're going to talk about today with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Arizona Cardinals. First off, of course, Kyler Murray. He's definitely a streaming quarterback. I think that goes without saying this week. The Buccaneers are a great matchup. He should be able to run a little bit more in this game. He has Larry Fitzgerald. He has Christian Kirk. He'll have David Johnson to be able to go to. He should be a lower-end QB1 streaming quarterback against Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this matchup. Now, David Johnson is expected back. As far as we know, he's as close to 100% healthy as he could possibly be. When he's been 100% healthy this season, he's been the workhorse. There hasn't been a split. There wasn't a split. And a lot of people, a lot of people right now are talking about how they're like, oh, they're concerned. You know, Kenny and Drake should be worked in, blah, 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 blah. What they're leaving out is that David Johnson was banged up before he was out. And that was why you saw Chase Edmonds and those guys starting to get worked in a little bit more, and he wasn't quite the workhorse. When he's been 100% healthy this season, he's been the guy who's gotten 90% of the work. If that is the case, and that's what's being reported on, and that's what he's saying as of right now, if that is the case, David Johnson should be the workhorse back again. You can't trust Kenyon Drake. You can't play him as a flex PPR play. It's a tough match against Tampa Bay as far as the running game goes anyway. And of course, you know, the Arizona running backs have a safe floor because they're involved so much in the passing game. But I expect David Johnson to run away with the majority of the work in this one and surprise a lot of people too, because everyone wants, wants you to believe that the turning direction is they're going to be going to more of a split workload. That's not going to happen. I guarantee you, David Johnson, if he is 100% healthy going into this matchup, if that is all true, he gets at least 80% of the work in this game. So you can play David Johnson, I think, with confidence because he's going to have the high floor in the passing game heading against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I don't think you have much to worry about. Now, if something happens, if he has a setback, if he gets re-injured, Kenyon Drake's the guy you want to have right now if you're a David Johnson owner. That's the handcuff. Chase Emmons is still going to be out for the next couple of weeks, but even when he comes back, Kenyon Drake, I think, showed enough in one week in the fact that they traded for him that he's not going to go away. So to me, Kenyon Drake is the handcuff moving forward that you want to have, especially if you're a David Johnson owner, especially if he suffers a setback. Larry Fitzgerald, he hasn't been great. He had a great start of the season, hasn't been great as of late, but against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're not going to find a better wide receiver with a better matchup, especially in a heavy bye week. He's going to probably finish as a wide receiver three. He doesn't have great upside. He hasn't been getting into the end zone, which is what you were hoping he would maybe do to help some of his upside this season. That hasn't been happening. Larry Fitzgerald is somebody that I do think you have to play though, especially in PPR leagues. I think he's a lock to get five to six catches in this game, and because it's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you may see him actually put out a decent output. The guy who's now become the number one wide receiver on this team, especially when you're talking half point and full point PPR, is Christian Kirk. Him, I'm definitely playing. Him is a he, Christian Kirk's a wide receiver, th- high end wide receiver three, at at that, especially in, in those scoring formats. Standard leagues not so much because. He's, he's not a guy who scores a lot of touchdowns either, but he has a high floor at the very least, especially in a great match against Tampa Bay Buccaneers Play Christian Kirk this week. Other than that, there's nobody else really to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. On Tampa Bay Buccaneers, both sides of the ball, I expect Jameis Winston to be a QB1. I expect him to be in the top 10 with the upside of being in the top 5 because it's Arizona Cardinals. And even with Patrick Peterson back, they still haven't been very good on defense. It's been a little bit better, but only a little bit. Patrick Peterson's not playing like himself right now. I don't think that Mike Evans should scare you this week. Look, they showed last week coming out of the bye, their number one emphasis is to make Mike Evans the number one wide receiver again for this team. It's not going to be Chris Godwin out-targeting him on a consistent basis anymore like it was earlier on in the season. Mike Evans is going to be the guy they go to. And with the way Patrick Peterson's playing right now, I'm not afraid of the shadow matchup. I'm not. You could play Mike Evans with confidence in this game. This is a game that could very easily could be one of those sneaky shootout games as well, with the way these two teams are built right now, too. So there's gonna be a lot of points involved. So you can obviously you're gonna play Mike Evans, but he's a very good chance to be a top three wide receiver. Obviously, you still play Chris Godwin. But he's not a guy who I think can be a top five receiver for fantasy purposes anymore. I think he'll have some top 10 finishes, but I think he's more looking at the cusp of being just a high-end wide receiver too, moving forward. That has some good volume for you, especially in PPR leagues. But as far as those big days where he looked like more of the number one wide receiver to Mike Evans, I think those are over. I think there's an emphasis in the game plan moving forward for that to not be the case anymore on Tampa Bay's side of the ball. So I don't think it's going to matter what the matchup is even though Chris Godwin's going to have on paper the better matchup this week. Cause he's not going to see Patrick Peterson, but obviously you're still going to play him. What we need to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Ronald Jones. Finally, finally. And I talked about this in the last podcast cause it happened on Tuesday. So I was able to talk to you guys when we did the recap and the waiver wire report. Finally, they're going to Ronald Jones as a starter. Finally, that's happening. Thank God. Cause I wasn't sure if it ever was going to look, I'm not a Ronald Jones believer. I've talked about this many times in my podcast. I don't think he's that talented. But he's definitely more talented than Peyton Barber. He definitely provides you with more of a spark than Peyton Barber. Why it took him this long to just go to him, I do not know. Because this is not a situation where they complement each other well. So, Ronald Jones now had a good performance last week. And even though I'm not a big fan of his, a featured running back in Bruce Arians' system always has an opportunity to produce. Ronald Jones, not only was he my main pickup of the week because he was less than 50% owned on average, moving forward, he's a guy who's going to be a high-end flex play and possibly over the next three weeks, with the bye weeks that we have, that we have to deal with, an RB2. Can't believe I'm saying it, but yeah, he could be very well finishing as an RB2 at least for the next three weeks. Ronald Jones is a must-play in your lineups. Now they have a featured guy. So that wraps it up. That wraps up the previews games of what we're going to talk about today. Remember, we'll be back again tomorrow, only in the audio version. So make sure you check it out on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, Spreaker, Pinecast. Wherever you go, the MD's Fantasy Football Show is widely available to you guys. But before we leave you in today's episode, we have a mailbag segment. The MD's Fantasy Football Show is proud to become a new member of Overtime Heroics, Overtime Heroics is a fantastic sports media platform for sports fans all around the world to come and participate in their extensive forums. And now with the merger of the Land Sports Network, the website will soon have great content available from extremely well-written articles to entertaining and informative podcasts from all sports for you to enjoy. All you have to do is register for free at OvertimeHeroics.com to participate. Again, that's OvertimeHeroics.com. So if you guys want to go ahead, drop those questions in the chat. As I do this, I do have some pre-selected questions that I'm going to talk about, and then we'll get through all the ones that are going through the chat if you want to go ahead and drop a line. If not, so be it. We'll just close out the episode. So what we have up next is Knox, and he asked me this question from Facebook. So, Just so you guys know, you can find me on Facebook, at Show. one of the ways that you can get in contact with me. Knox from Facebook asked, Jamal Williams or Damian Williams in my flex? If Patrick Mahomes comes back, Knox, you have to go Damian Williams. Yes, Jamal Williams has been solid. Yes, he's been scoring touchdowns as of late. That's all true. But you have to go Damian Williams because if he has taken the lead in this backfield with Patrick Mahomes back, I expect him to be back more involved in the passing game. He doesn't he doesn't say here whether he's in a standard a half point or a full point PPR. But let's, for argument's sake, when this happens, let's just say it's a half point PPR leak. Damian Williams is in a position with Mahomes back that he could get five to six catches. And then whatever yard total comes off of that. But in this Kansas City Chiefs offense, when they're clicking on all cylinders, has this opportunities for everyone to be able to score. I think Damian Williams has much more upside than Jamal Williams does. But they both have decent floors for you in your flex this week. Next up, Italian Grinder from Twitter. I just had one of those accounts where he didn't have his real name. Italian Grinder from Twitter says, or asks, Zach Paschal or Robbie Anderson in a full-point PPR league? This week, with no T.Y. Hilton expected to play, it has to be Zach Pascal. I don't know how you... I, look, I know he has a plus matchup with Robbie Anderson against the Giants. I don't know, after the Miami Dolphin game, how you can trust to play Robbie Anderson even in plus matchups. I don't know how you can really even, frankly, roster Robbie Anderson unless you just have to take a hope and a prayer and take a flyer on somebody at some point. So, I'm not going to play Robbie Anderson. Period. And Zach Pascal has a decent floor. Look, I think he has a decent floor in this game coming up, even if T.Y. Hilton played because he's emerged as that number two wide receiver. And we do expect Kobe Percet to come back. And that's going to be part of our our previews in tomorrow's episode. But in this game, with no T.Y. Hilton, he has a hell of a floor, especially in a full-point PPR league. To me, it's hands down Zach Pascal over Robbie Anderson. It's not even close. Next question we have, Aaron from, and he asked me for my email, which remember, you can go to the website, www.mdffshow.com. That's where you can contact me through email as well. He asked me, well, let me get it here. He asked me, Tyler Boyd or Michael Gallup, full point PPR. Look, with the news that we just got about Amari Cooper, It very well could be Michael Gallup. I think it's Michael Gallup regardless here. Even if A.J. Green comes back, with Ryan Finley starting at quarterback, with the way that Ravens defense has been playing, I still don't think you take the chance on Tyler Boyd when you have a guy like Michael Gallup. Dallas playing Minnesota. Minnesota's secondary has been something you can take advantage of. We just saw the Kansas City Chiefs with Matt Moore. Everyone looked good. Sammy Watkins had seven catches, 53 yards. Tyreek Hill had a huge game. You can get the ball to your wide receivers. Xavier Rhodes is not the same player. You've been able to throw the ball down the field on the Vikings as of late. I expect that to continue. If Amari Cooper is going to be out, Michael Gallup becomes the number one wide receiver in that situation. Michael Gallup has a hell of an upside this play. But even if Cooper is playing, You still have to play him over Tyler Boyd because he has much more of a possibility of scoring a touchdown. So to me, hands down, Aaron, you go Michael Gallup in that matchup. Now looking here, looking at the chat, I don't see too many questions here. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to close down the episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun as my first stream. Uh, like I said, when we do this next year, I'm using this as a, a, a jumping off point. Essentially when we do this next year, I'm going to have more graphics. I'm going to be streaming through OBS studio. So I'm going to have like video clips and stuff that we'll be playing. and won't just be my face the entire hour. Uh, but I hope you guys all enjoy this. I hope you guys on the audio all enjoy this as we're hoping to get this as something to launch and really be able to grow the show. And we're, we're able to do things like this because of you MD nation. And please, if you have the time, on your favorite Apple Podcast, or Google Play or Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast app is, could you please leave us a five-star review and a comment that greatly helps our shows out. Uh, immensely. You have no idea how much that helps us grow the show and what we're able to do as a result of that and do things like this and be able to have our reach go further and further and further. So please do that. Check out any one of my networks, Unwrap Sports, Belly Up Sports. We're doing great things there. There are the leaderboards that I'm on with Sportscaster right now. I am on uh, running the Belly Up Fantasy account right now. We will be back on this Sunday, 9 a.m. with you know, your star sick questions if you get to that. And of course, we're breaking news to you 24-7 from all the Belly Up accounts, from my account at Show on Twitter, at Show on Facebook. And of course, I'll have the rankings to you guys out later on today, www.mdffshow.com. I'll be back tomorrow with the second preview episode, injury report, and another mailbag. Remember, just the audio version tomorrow, so make sure you go ahead and check back for that. I hope you guys all had a great time, and I'll see you again soon.
0: Thank you for listening to the MD's Fantasy Football Show.